Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the By the Laces podcast. My name is Bilal Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. Trenton, it is almost time for football. Football that counts, I should say. How every football doing? counts. <laughs> Does not every football count? No, you're some, right. <laughs> some, some count more than others. It's true. Um, I'm doing absolutely fantastic, as usual. Thank you for asking. How are you doing, Paul? I mean, the excitement that I'm feeling right now cannot be contained. Like, we are, it, it always feels that when the football season ends in February and then it starts up again in September, there's just such that long period of those months in the middle where there's nothing going on. But when you get closer and closer to that September date, it just, the anticipation and the excitement just continues to build. So, to a long answer to your question, I am excited and happy to be watching football now. So now you know where I'll be Thursdays, Sundays, Mondays, and the occasional Saturday. Are they are they still doing those? The the every every day is football day kind of schedule? I know there's a game coming up this year on christmas eve which is a saturday i don't know if there are any other saturday games on the schedule but i know there's a few games on christmas eve but uh that's all the way in december trenton we got to get through september first so to kick it off here we have some contract news before the start of the new season ravens quarterback lamar jackson has been negotiating or attempting to negotiate a new contract for himself coming off uh, reaching the end of his rookie deal. I believe he has one more year left on it. And he has set a deadline for Friday uh, to reach a new deal. Other than that, if that doesn't happen, negotiations will obviously be picking up after the end of the season. So just getting your thoughts on the entire contract situation with Lamar Jackson and where do you think uh, seeing him play so far in his young career, where does he rank in terms of the type of contract he deserves comparing it to the ones we've recently seen of Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson's extension and just overall Aaron Rodgers type money? Like where does Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, where does Lamar Jackson fit in your view and your take on this contract yeah well i mean contracts they're always messy right oh negotiating and everything's thrown to the press roquan smith had some shady character by the name of saint omni negotiating for him supposedly and there's a lot of a lot of back and forth and the media gets involved the fans gets involved you know it gets ugly but lamar jackson the ravens want to keep him I'm sure, and I'm sure he wants to stay there. Um, but it's been a it's been a little bit of a interesting off season for him so far. I mean, they got rid of Hollywood Brown, right? Traded him away during the draft, and that was an absolute surprise because Lamar Jackson loved Hollywood Brown. Um, so, in terms of his value. He's a special kind of quarterback. He's one that we haven't really seen since 
I'd argue the Michael Vick days. And even before that, the Randall Cunningham days. I mean, he's famously been denying reps at other positions at his combine, right? And he's the type of athlete that really no other quarterback in the league right now can can match. I mean, Kyler Murray is fast, but Lamar Jackson has more of the <laughs> prototypical quarterback size, right? He's more power to his running. He takes more quarterback designed runs in Kyler Murray, but Lamar Jackson can also sling it. So, I mean, that's different than the Aaron Rodgers and the Russell Wilsons and, and the Patrick Mahomes and even the Josh Allen, you know, it's a different skill set. And I don't know, I don't know really how to value that. I don't, I can't put a number to it. Obviously the player thinks he's worth a certain amount of money. And I think if I'm not mistaken, isn't he representing himself? Like, does he not have an agent? If, uh, that's like, I'm not hundred percent sure. I mean, if you could fact check me on that, but no, if, you're right. You're right. And he he doesn't have an agent. Correct. See, it's again with the players who don't have agents, they don't like the Roquan you mentioned earlier, Roquan doesn't have an agent negotiating himself. Hasn't turned out anything. Lamar Jackson negotiating himself. It's like, of course, he thinks he's gonna he's worth um, all the money in the world. But the guy's gonna be playing his fifth year in the NFL, and yeah, he's won the MVP once in his short career. But is he a guy that can win a Super Bowl? Is the main question, right? He, the, the Ravens get the playoffs with him, but like they don't win. They they'll get in. They'll play well. They'll play well in the season. Make the playoffs, and something will happen. It's like they can't take that next step. And is it's too early to just give Lamar Jackson this huge contract? I know obviously the Ravens don't want to to lose him potentially in a free agency next season because he's on his fifth year right now of his contract. Um, but it's it's a risk. Like Joe Flacco got his big contract with the Ravens. He's the last like Ravens quarterback they have gotten a big contract. That came after winning a Super Bowl, and it's like and Joe Flacco isn't wasn't even like the best uh, quarterback around. But at the time, you could, you could kind of justify him getting that money that he, I don't know, I don't remember the details of his contract, but I'm just saying like you could justify it because the guy just came off of winning Super Bowl MVP and took your team to the Super Bowl and he just happened to need a new contract at the same time. So Lamar Jackson's contract situation has until Friday and uh, we will see where the uh, parties land at that point. I feel though that there will not be an agreement until Friday and they'll just have to play out this last year and see where things go for them. So that's where I'm at on this. All right. Well, we'll keep it in the division and we'll kick it over to the Steelers because they finally named 
their starting quarterback after, I guess you could say, hinting at it. I mean, was there any real question to it when Mitchell Trubisky was taking all the first team reps in practice leading up to this opening weekend that he would be named the starter? No, I mean, uh, it uh, makes sense. And it's good for Mitch to be getting this new opportunity in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's had all the stability and quarterback for what seems like a million years with Roethlisberger, and now they have to find a new guy. They went out, they signed Mitch to that two-year contract. Obviously, everyone knows that uh, uh, Kenny, Kenny Pickens, right? Kenny Pickett. Pickett. I keep getting mixed up between Pickens and Pickett. Pickens. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's, yeah, it's him. He, I keep getting him mixed up. Anyway, can you pick it? We all know that he's going to be the starter of the Steelers at this point, but like if Mitch is capable to be playing right now, I believe he's earned this opportunity to just fully show what he can do with a capable team and head coach like the Steelers and Mike Tomlin are. And uh, Pickett will get his chance at some point, maybe even this season, but just to start off, why throw these rookie quarterbacks in the fire? Like I say this every year, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like maybe for the Bears last year, we probably should have thrown Fields in there earlier and, and really tried to develop him more and get him more reps in, but it didn't, it's not how it turned out. So, but uh, it's good for Trubisky, and if Pickett needs to come in, he can come in if needed. So, yep. I mean, Trubisky was also voted one of the five captains for the Steelers and, and those are voted by teammates right? players yep yeah so it's like it shows the team itself cares um that cares enough to have voted him captain so yeah for sure um I mean here's another question if he performs poorly throughout the season would they demote him to backup even though he's been voted as captain or is this a sign that they want to stick to him as much as they possibly can even if things don't exactly go according to plan this season depends how bad if it's just a little bit and then a bumps and bumps in the road um i think they stick with them and if it's nathan peterman every game then not (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah no but uh, you can't put all your faith in a guy and then he messes up once and be like I'm going to pull him out um, yeah it's like then why would you give him that those distinctions and the opportunity to play if he were just going to take him out after the first interception he throws of the season it's like alright the deal was you were going to throw zero interceptions all season long. Uh, you threw one, you're done. So it puts like the player's mind at ease if he knows that he's allowed to go make a couple mistakes every now and then and won't have to like face significant consequences. That's a good point. Very good point. All right. Well, Let's uh, move to a former Pittsburgh Steeler, one that was 
originally drafted as a third round pick by the Steelers in 2010. You like how all these all these topics are lining up? Oh yeah, almost, I think, almost like it was planned. I mean, it wasn't planned at all. <laughs> I mean, it was a little bit planned. I mean, we did like come up with an outline for the show and what we wanted to talk about. So, true. But... All right. Well, we're talking about Emmanuel Sanders, the two-time Pro Bowler, three-time Super Bowl appearance wide receiver he spent 12 seasons in the league spent six of those seasons in denver and has decided now to retire as a denver bronco he's had a very productive career as an nfl wide receiver more so than many other wide receivers that you would see that might you know drop out of the league after five or so years i mean he spent 12 whole seasons in the nfl as generally a starting option in the wide receiver core somewhere on the team so good for him he uh had great success with the peyton manning offense with the denver broncos very near and dear to my heart um actually saw a story where in that free agency period, he was visiting the Chiefs. And while he was at their facility, he gets a call from John Elway that says, you know, hey, we'd, we'd like you to be a Bronco. So he tells the Chiefs that, oh, I need, I need to go to the hotel and, and think about this a little bit. And really, he just wanted to get out of there so that he could go and celebrate that he's about to play with Peyton Manning for a few seasons. So good on good on him. I was just about to bring that story up. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you know, the story mentions how like Andy Reid had basically left the facility thinking there was going to be a deal. It was going to be all good to go. And then he finds out and Reed is like kind of like speeding back in his car. And uh, just imagine that like you're about to sign a top notch wide receiver to your team. All of a sudden he gets recruited to go to your division rival. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's uh, that's called unfortunate. <laughs> that's and that's an understatement right there below. <laughs> Speaking of a uh, former Broncos quarterback who we kind of name dropped earlier on in the show, Joe Flacco is set to start for the New York Jets versus the Baltimore Ravens this week one due to the fact that uh, Zach Wilson is still recovering from his knee injury that he suffered in the preseason and isn't expected to be back until week four. So before we get into this thing, like we mentioned, is this the resurgence of Joe Flacco's career? No. <laughs> no? Not at all? Nope. Nope. Joe Flacco is, uh, I would argue that he's very far from a career resurgence. What if the Jets open up 3-0? and Now, I don't know who they're playing. But let's just say they open up 3-0. and It's like, do you go to Wilson now who's just coming off an injury? Or do you stick with Flacco? Dang. Now we're just throwing hypotheticals out there and... No, no. The show. It's going to extend the show time by like half an hour, but who cares? I love it. I love it. Let's go into hypotheticals. Joe Flacco goes three and zero. Zach Wilson's expected back in week four. Because like, what has Zach Wilson done with his career so far? The guy hasn't done anything. 
he's flashed, but he has not exactly produced very well. I mean, wasn't this like gonna be like the like the emergence of Zach Wilson at some point mm-hmm. soon? It's like anytime you think it's gonna actually emerge, something happens. Like you, I don't see him being the real deal there. But yeah, it's again, it's difficult. For sure, I think. I mean, he comes from a smaller school program, and he really only had one or two. Yeah, I don't think he had that much continuous success, at least not to the level of someone like Justin Fields, who spent all that time in Ohio State and was in these very big, high-profile games all the time. But... I mean, you bring up a good point. If Joe Flacco goes 3-0 to start the season, Zach Wilson's expected in week four, maybe they give him more time to recover. They say, Joe Flacco, you just keep steering the ship. Zach Wilson, you recover longer. If we need you, then we'll, we'll call you up. But, you know, Joe Flacco has us for a bit. But, I mean, mm-hmm. if Joe Flacco only plays mediocre – then I think they might say, okay, let's try and get Zach Wilson in as, as soon as we can, just so that he can develop and get live reps to be that future franchise quarterback. I mean, it's been a long effort to try to get him to be that franchise quarterback. And knee injuries are no small thing, though. Like, this is significant enough. Um, but Joe Flacco playing against the Ravens to start the season. Like, that's a story you didn't see coming probably a month ago or a month and a half ago. Just to see that Joe Flacco playing his former team, the team that replaced him with Lamar Jackson, and then basically sent Joe Flacco bouncing around multiple teams and ending up with the Jets. So... And he's 37 years old, so maybe you're right that it's not a resurgence, but, like, at the same time, you're kind of rooting for the guy to do well. Like, you know the Jets are going to be the Jets, and they went 4-13 and last year, so uh, they just showed you how good they are, and they haven't had any success in the past, like, over 10 years when they were like in the AFC championship game back in 2010. So, um, but it's going to be a story to watch for sure. In my opinion, my view. So, Yeah. And I mean, the jets have talent. They, they drafted pretty well this year. They they never know how to use that talent though. That's true. But their head coach. Salah's trying to build the culture. He is, and he's the right guy to do it, I believe. Like, he's not Adam Gase, who – but, like, even Adam Gase had a couple – one or two, like, pretty decent seasons with, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick leading the helm. But it's like Salah's the right guy to do it. He's got the personality. He's got the, he's got the passion to, uh, to lead this team. But – you also feel like the Jets are just going to be the Jets. Just like the Browns are always going to be the Browns. 
Anyway, that can be said for other teams. I don't even I don't even be able to go in that direction right now because <laughs> I have a plenty of things to say on that topic. If you know what I mean. Yep. All right. Here is a funny story to close off the new segment. Here is that when Bobby Wagner was like let go from the Seahawks, he was looking around to try to get to new teams, and he. The Rams and the Rams thought it was a joke. <laughs> According to Les Snead, the general manager of the Rams, he says, I think he signed off as B Wags. And he said, I'm like, okay, is this real? But uh, apparently, Wagner sent me- messages to general managers and executives all around the NFL, and everyone thought it was uh, fake. And But apparently the Rams kind of sifted through the noise, or not the noise, the, the, the confusion, and reached out that it was actually him. And when a top linebacker like that is available on the market, you take him. So a little chuckle here when you realize that the, the player himself is reaching out to the GMs of teams and they don't even think it's actually him. It's uh, it's interesting to me that he was able to get the phone numbers of all these general managers and coaches. I don't think it would be that hard. Like he's probably been in the league for some time and he's got like He's got the connections. connections uh, I gotcha. But the fact that he willingly himself was like texting people's like to get get him on their team was kind of unheard of. So a little person personal marketing job by him. Oh yeah. And to close off this week's new segment in its entirety, we just wanted to drop this little fact here that with Mitch Shubisky taking the starting role in Pittsburgh for at least week one. This is the first time since 2007 that no rookie quarterback will be starting week one in the NFL. So we are starting the 2022 season. So 15 years ago was the last time. So the past 15 years, there's always been at least one rookie quarterback starting week one. But that streak ends this week. Which is pretty wild, I must say. <laughs> I mean, it's a stat that I didn't even know about until just a little while ago. <laughs> and speaking of quarterbacks, the week one ranking on NFL.com for all 32 starters entering the 2022 season has come out. So let's see where these quarterbacks rank, Trenton. And see how they will do as the season progresses. So number one, Tom Brady. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. Number three, Josh Allen. Number four, Justin Herbert. Number five, Patrick Mahomes. Number six, Joe Burrow. Number seven, Lamar Jackson. Number eight, Matthew Stafford. Number nine, Dak Prescott. And number 10, Kyler Murray. Thoughts on the top 10? We can go through the other numbers later if there's anything that come surprises you, but just get your thoughts on how the top 10 is shaped out to be before the start of the season. 
I would say all 10 of them deserve to be in the top 10. And if, if I were to be honest with you, I think, <laughs> I think the top 10 needs to be able to include more than 10 players because just outside the top 10, there's a few others that I would also throw in the top 10 as well. I feel like Kurt Cousins, which he's ranked number 13 on this list, I feel like he's ranked a little too high. He's, the, guy, the guy puts up good stats and everything, but I, I, I know never, what you Yeah, I, I mean, I've never seen him as like the guy. Like, yeah, he'll get the contract, like a $80 million guaranteed contract, but it just doesn't um, seem like he deserves to be up there. He's not a great quarterback. He's better than average, but he's like in that he's in that limbo zone of like between average and great. He's not going to get worse. He's not going to get better. He's just plain vanilla. Let's put it that way. He's plain vanilla. Yeah, I think that's the perfect way to describe him. He's You can describe that to Ryan Tannehill too. Sorry, I cut you off. Oh, yeah, no, I'm just no, seeing the list here. You're completely right. He's not the type that's going to be able to transform your franchise and take you to the promised land all by himself. I mean, those kinds of quarterbacks are the Tom Brady's, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, most of whom are in the top 10. Patrick Mahomes, right? Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, maybe both of them. Maybe even Kyler Murray. But, I mean, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr maybe even. I mean, Derek Carr, I would say, is more more top 10 level than both Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I I think I would take – yeah, I would definitely take Derek Carr over Kirk Cousins. I feel like they're just much more – um, he's much more of a leader. He's much more of a better quarterback, in my opinion, than uh, Kirk Cousins is. Yeah, and he's he's going to have a good year this year, I think. I mean, he yeah. has Devontae Adams now. How is Justin Fields ranked below Trey Lance? That was something that was strange to me. <laughs> I mean, if you go off of last season, okay, maybe. I mean, Justin Fields at times looked a little bit shaky. Trey Lance looks okay. But if you're going off of reports from this offseason as well as preseason, I would put Justin Fields over Trey Lance because a lot of – the rumors that have been following Trey Lance out of training camp is that he's not making decisions. He's not picking his right targets and he's not accurate. Now in preseason, he looked pretty good. I mean, he was lighting it up and Justin Fields was also lighting it up in preseason, but again, it's preseason, you know, that's the time when you're installing things and not showing a lot of stuff. Didn't Darnell Mooney say something about, I'm tired of running the same three or four plays that we ran all preseason? 
So, yeah, you can't you can't judge them off of preseason, but uh, it's a, it's a starting point. That's why I'm saying that like fields should be higher. But at the same point, it's a power ranking, not power ranking. We'll get to that in a second. I have a lot to say on that. But uh, it's a QB index of before the season's even started. We'll probably come back here next week, and this list is probably completely shaken up based off of, of the performance of all of the respective quarterbacks. Uh, power rankings. Oh, God. Let's get to the top 10, and then we will vent our frustration of where our favorite team is placed. Right now, number one is the Buffalo Bills, two Rams, three 49ers, four Tampa, uh, five Cincinnati, six Green Bay, seven Kansas City, eight Denver, nine Chargers, uh, ten Ravens. What did the Ravens do to get in the top 10? What did the 49ers do to get in the top 10? <laughs> yeah. The others I see, they fit. But like, where do these ones come in from? Yeah. I, I don't necessarily feel like the 49ers have top 10 talent. If I had to rank them, I'd put them just outside of the top 10. Um, and Ravens, I'm not sure. Although I must say that this year's Ravens are, uh, starting better off than last year's Ravens. After all, last year's Ravens, before they even exited training camp, lost their top three or four running backs to season ending injuries, which was not ideal for them. No, not at all. I mean, that was a terrible start to the season when you lose that many key players. But just some of these teams, where they're ranked, Detroit's 25, the Jets, 26. But what bothers me the absolute most is that they rank the Bears 32. Like, how can we be the worst team in the NFL? Are we worse than Detroit? Are we worse than Cleveland? Are we worse than the Giants, the Texans? I can't. I would, I would assume they would have thrown us like mid twenties or something, or, or or like close to early twenties. But to be thirty two, it just the level of disrespect that that carries is just like I hope Eberflus has this like taped up to like a wall or something right now, just as another motivational factor that everyone's saying that the Bears. I think I mentioned this on last week's show. Sports Illustrated had us going like four and thirteen. It's like, where are they getting this from? Are, are they watching a different team that we are? Did they not watch? I know we said it's only preseason, but still, the Bears' starting offense put up three touchdowns in the first half, and Justin Fields and all his receivers were given. Not all of them were playing, but still, the ones who did, they were all on all in sync, all on point, it, it, it works. It just baffles me why or how we can be 32. Again, these aren't official rankings, but it's good to see where they come from. Um, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. But 
the season's about to start. And after week one, we'll see where the team's performances put them. That, that's the best part of this, right, though, is that no one's actually played a game yet. Not even the two teams that we that will be playing Thursday night game, yeah. which probably by the time this podcast airs will be like the night of. And um, so this all these two lists that we just went through, the index, the QB index, and the power rankings, I can easily see them all just shifting about um, getting through it here because there's really not much to cover. So we've already made it to the section that we dedicated to the Bears. Uh, uh, obviously, though, that's our favorite team. So we're so we solely zoom in on that team. And the news out of Chicagoland here is that Justin Fields has been named the team captain along with Cody White here, Robert Quinn, and Roquan Smith. And they will be having an honorary captain each week, but they will be sticking with four main captains. So I, I'm glad that we're going back to the ways of actually having designated captains. Like, you players vote for these guys, and they pick who they want to represent their team. And it's nice to have that one rotating honorary spot. But I think what Matt Nagy used to do, at least last year, was every week just assign new captains. So they used to not be a set captain. And obviously, a captain is more of a formality. It's nothing too special or flashy. But a captain's a captain. So your your thoughts on these uh, selections of captains? I think they're great selections. Um, I think all of these players are leaders on the team, right? Justin Fields is going to be the signal caller for the offense. Cody White here is a guy that has been on this offensive line for what, two years now, three years, two years. I don't even believe it's something that, but no matter how long it's been, he's shown that he can, uh, deliver the job properly. So, and, and. You can rely on him. Roquan Smith. I mean, as soon as Roquan Smith came back from his Hoden, you know, you could immediately see the difference. The players were energized. The coaches were energized. He was out there on the field. Even when he was holding in on his contract, he was still attending team meetings and still leading the team, teaching the team, giving advice to the younger players and then you have Robert Quinn who's the the grizzled pass rush veteran who now that Khalil Mack has been traded Robert Quinn now is kind of that de facto old guy on the block you know and I also like that for Quinn to be the captain because of all the rumors going around the offseason that the Bears are going to possibly trade him and I like that they stuck with him. I mean, you don't reach that level of sack production. Then you just trade the guy away when he's perfectly fine. And I just think that he can even build upon what he did last season and, and maybe not get the same numbers, but like just create, create situations just by his mere presence of being there and the, the sheer force of going through the offensive line lineman in front of him. So, great selections by the team on these. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see who every week becomes the honorary captain. And um, 
someone obviously who's well deserved of it, maybe someone who succeeded the week before, and as a reward, they get to be the captain. But uh, it, it'll be it's nice to have uh, four main captains and leading the team. Yep. And speaking of the honorary captain for this week, if the season opener against the 49ers, that honorary captain will be David Montgomery, which, I mean, how how fitting for him to be selected the team captain because the offense is, by all means, probably going to be based off the run game. Yeah. Coming and- from the, the system of the Shanahan run scheme that, that uh, the Bears are going to be running this season. And he's a guy who is, I think, in his contract year now, right? I believe so, or he has one more, but I'm not 100% sure. But, like, based off of that one preseason game against the Browns, like, they really use the run game a lot, and they use Montgomery a lot. And they're not set up to play action, as we had discussed in the past. So it is good that we are actually going back to, like, the old days of, like, Matt Forte-led offenses where like running backs are a vital focal point of an offense so yeah um all right a few more things to cover here uh uh, in relation to the bears are putting in new grass in soldier field and because soldier field has been historic has been notorious for its grass conditions so uh, you got the details on this, and let's uh, see how this hopefully yes. makes a difference to the conditions of the stadium. So, as a professional grass connoisseur, I'm kidding. So, the Bears have put in Bermuda grass into Soldier Field, which is apparently better growing in warmer weather and more resilient to wear and tear than the previous type of grass that they had which was generally Kentucky bluegrass, which generally thrives in cooler weather and it recuperates and regrows more quickly from wear and tear. And there is the potential that down the road as it gets colder, the bears could resod to the Kentucky bluegrass for the winter. But for now, you're gonna try this uh, new Bermuda grass and see how it does in the fall. The soldier field grass has always been an experiment, like forever. I mean, uh, this, so let's see how this thing turns out in the games on Sunday. And it's a home game. So we're going to get the result basically right away to see how the new grass holds up. Speaking of stadiums, more developments have been coming up with the uh, potential for the Arlington Heights project with the stadium, uh, restaurants and office space, hotels, fitness parks, fitness centers, parks, and open spaces. Basically, the Bears' ideal plan is to completely revamp that whole property. I believe it's over 300 some acres and to just make it a world-class destination for people to just come visit and hopefully allow the the area and the state to be hosting events such as the Super Bowl and like the college uh, football. Uh, college football was it mentioned? I well, I, Final I Four was mentioned. Well, yeah, maybe why not? Let's bring the college football in here too. Let's just like make this a multi-purpose space. 
And I mean, yeah, it's still a long way to go in development and they haven't actually even bought the property fully or, but they're making plans now. So if it all goes to work, all goes to plan per se. Really cool. This will be a destination. Like you see like Jerry's World down in Dallas. That place when it opened, it was like, whoa, this is like a brand new stadium. And then you see like the stadiums such as the one in LA, then you see the one in Minneapolis. And more and more, you see new stadiums being built, and they're like world-class stadiums, right? And each one, the new one comes, tries to top the one that came before that. So uh, we don't know when this is going to be built, if it's going to be built, but it could change. Not could It will change Chicago Bears football. First of all, it won't be in Chicago. Second of all, it'll just be more accessible to people. And I'm still someone who's enjoyed Soldier Field. I've gone to watch a number of games in that stadium over the years, and I love the experience there. So I'd be sad to leave them leave, especially the city. But if it makes more sense to take on this project and develop it into a whole entertainment district, then we should take this opportunity because a team like the Bears deserves a world-class facility to play in. So, Yep, exactly. Couldn't have said it better. Trenton, I heard there's a retirement party going on. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> I mean, you never know. That's true. Well, that retirement party that you heard of is going to be Ted Phillips, who has been the Bears president and CEO, who was named back in good old 1999. He's set to retire after 40 seasons, and he's only the fourth to serve as the president of the Bears and the first outside of the Hallis McCaskey family. So he's been he's been around since we've been around, really, which is yeah kind of wild to think about but the beers are going to be looking to have somebody fill his shoes and he's had he's had his share of ups and downs with the team but in the end he's a very well respected person inside of their front office and by the McCaskey family so i'm sure uh i'm sure he'll be much missed by many in the organization. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or if you're being sincere, but uh, it could be taken either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see who they pick because uh, this guy's been around forever, honestly, like you said. Um, uh, 40 seasons with the team is a long time. and We'll see who they picked, but he still has this last season to go, so their search is ongoing, but this was just announced. So, that's why we're bringing it up. All right, Trenton, it is that time of the year where we pick every game of the upcoming week. So, let us begin with this week's first game of 
the Buffalo Bills visiting the Los Angeles Rams, the defending Super Bowl champion. Who do you have in this game? Wow. This one, I'm going to have to go with the Bills. I am taking the Rams. I just feel like Super Bowl champs at home, the momentum, the buildup, it's the Rams for me. Yeah, I I get what you mean. Um, but I feel I will I would be disappointed if it's not a good game though. Like if this comes down to the final possession for either team, then that means we got a good game. Yeah, should be a great game. Lots of scoring. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Saints at Falcons. I'm gonna go with Saints here. Yeah, I'm taking the Saints too. I think there's. Despite the fact that there's a new coach in New Orleans, um, Jameis is back. Jameis has played well. And I just think that Marcus Mariota has had a few, like, uncertain uncertainties, to say the least, to know if he's good enough to play. Um, Browns and Panthers. Ooh, this is a tough one, but I'm going to say Baker Mayfield wins his revenge game. I say that too. I'm going with the Panthers. 49ers at Bears. Well, I know where I'm going. I'm going to go with the same pick as you. We're both going Bears on this one. Yeah. Can't uh, can't go against the Bears, man. Um, Steelers at Bengals. Oh. I have to go with the Bengals here. In prior years, it would be the Steelers, but just there's too much insecure, like not insecurity. There's too much unknown about the Steelers at this point, and the Bengals just came off the Super Bowl. Bengals for me. Um, Eagles at Lions. I'm, um, I'm going to go with something that might be a little surprising here. I'm going to say Detroit Lions start off 1-0 and this year. Oh, wow. Did they just go, like, lose the next 16 games after that? Well, that's certainly possible. <laughs> Hopefully not for them, but... Uh... Well, too bad for you is that I'm saying that they're going to start 0-1. Going with the Eagles. <laughs> Colts at Texans. Oh, man. Matt Ryan's with the Colts now, isn't he? He is. Dang. Okay. I'll go Colts. But Lovey Smith is with the Texans. That's true. I'm still going to go Colts, though. Yeah, me too. Matt Ryan over Davis Mills. Mm -hmm. Uh, Patriots at Dolphins. (laughs) I'm taking the Patriots. All right. Oh, man. I'd love to say Patriots. I'm going to go Dolphins here. All right. Uh, Ravens at Jets. <laughs> Are you going to bank on the Joe Flacco career resurgence slash revenge game? Nope. I'm going <laughs> Ravens. All right. Well, how about this? I'll bank on the Joe Flacco resurgence slash revenge game. A little bit of man. a twist. <laughs> Way to start the season, man. <laughs> Jaguars and Commanders. Oh man, two uh, challenged teams. <laughs> That's putting uh, it lightly. Yeah, I'm gonna go Jaguars here. 
Commanders for me. All right. This Giants at is... Titans. <laughs> I'm going to go Titans. Titans. Chiefs at Cardinals. Ooh, this could shake out to be another big scoring game, but I'm going to go Chiefs here. I'm going to take the Cardinals. Ooh. Raiders and Chargers. Got to go Chargers. Do you? Do I mean, you? I, I could see the Ra- – I mean, the Raiders, Raiders are almost definitely a playoff team this year. But even the Chargers are almost definitely a playoff team this year. I don't know. Maybe they'll be maybe they'll be vying for the playoff spot again. They'll let the game go to a tie this time so they can both get in. (laughs) Uh, Raiders for me. All right. Uh, Packers and Vikings. As much as it pains me to do this, I'm picking the Vikings because it would pain me even more to pick the Packers. Ah, uh, I'm going to have to go Packers here. Hmm. All right. Buccaneers and Cowboys. <laughs> hmm. Does Tom Brady's home life struggles follow him to the field? I'm going to say Cowboys. I went Buccaneers. And to wrap it up, the Russell Wilson return to Seattle game, Broncos at Seahawks. Let's say Broncos. Yeah, Broncos. That's a kind of no-brainer here. Like, who's playing quarterback for the Seahawks? Oh, wait, Geno Smith. Yeah, no Drew Locke revenge game. Nope. But that should be, no, that should be a fun game to watch because it's in Seattle and Russell Wilson's returning there, so... So that does it with the season preview of the Biden Laces podcast. This was good, Trenton. Uh, we will enjoy a good week of football and come back to recap it all next week. So we hope everyone has a great rest of their week. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and to Bill Malik 15 and Trenton underscore Cito. Please stay safe and enjoy football. Maybe Joe Flacco will win his first season MVP.